Report from Wells Fargo Conference, December 10, 2023. SL Advisors partner Henry Hoffman spent a couple of days last week at the Wells Fargo Midstream and Utilities Symposium. He had the opportunity to meet with many of our portfolio companies and drew some useful insights. Below are Henry's notes from the event. Chatter at the conference. Throughout the one-on-one meetings, hallway conversations and mealtime discussions, Equitrans was a hot topic. Everyone seemed intrigued by the article published last Friday, hinting at a possible sale of the company. Questions arose. Had they received the tempting offer, prompting them to explore broader interest? And if so, who might the potential buyer be? Could a deal materialize before the Mountain Valley Pipeline Project's valves were even turned on? One CEO humorously referred to Equitrans as, in quotes, eye candy for anyone who looks at a map, close quotes. Speculation was rampant with my personal favorite theory coming from an analyst at a hedge fund who suggested they might have received an offer from energy transfer, sparking the leak for Williams to swoop in as a white knight defensive bidder against energy transfer's potential encroachment into Williams' territory. The conference buzzed with theories and excitement, and the possibility of a bidding war for Equitrans could inject fresh energy into the midstream sector. Editors note Wells Fargo thinks Kinder Morgan may also be an interested buyer. Most impressive management of the conference, Chenier's CFO Zach Davis delivered a meticulously calculated approach to value creation at Chenier. Their disciplined strategies allowed them to offer LNG liquefaction rates at a substantial premium compared to competitors, with no trouble filling new capacity slots to the satisfaction of existing customers. Chenier's ability to generate surplus-free cash flow provides them with significant flexibility for investments in additional trains, debt reduction, or share buybacks, all geared towards enhancing shareholder value. Topic that left me puzzled. A surprising revelation at the conference was that carbon capture utilization and storage, known as CCUS, is progressing more slowly than anticipated. Despite the potential for substantial financial incentives from Congress, there appears to be a lack of urgency from the Biden administration in providing guidance and clarity. Consequently, there have been fewer Class 6 wells drilled than expected. This came as a surprise, since one might have assumed that drilling vertical wells and injecting CO2 would be a straightforward geological matter, especially without the pushback from anti-fossil fuel groups, given that CCUS directly involves capturing CO2. The expected surge in CCUS activity after the Inflation Reduction Act has yet to materialize, and the industry seems to be off to a slow start. Number one misunderstood story. Ironically, the simplest narrative appears to be the most misunderstood investment opportunity in the industry. Next decade CEO Matt Schatzman outlined the case for the first three trains, phase one, at the Rio Grande site in South Texas as laying the foundation for a massive LNG facility akin to Chenier's. Phase one brought in strategic partner Total Energies, a lending syndicate of 30 major banks, EPC partner Bechtel and equity partners, including premier private equity infrastructure fund Global Infrastructure Partners, GIC, which is the the Singaporean Sovereign Wealth Fund, and Mubadula, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of the Emirate of Abu Dhabi. These partnerships enhance the certainty of additional trains, which promise significantly higher economics for next decade. Phase 1's estimated cash flow of around $250 million for all three trains translates to roughly $83 million per train. 
By contrast, trades four and five are projected to yield 700 to a billion dollars in cash flows or approximately $425 million per train, including the option for equity partners to participate. Furthermore, next decade has the land available for three more trains, which will be trains six through eight, which are expected to offer even better economics as they do not have the same obligations to current equity partners as options on trains four through five. There's also the potential upside from their carbon solutions business, although this remains uncertain, as touched upon earlier. Energized CEO Award Kinetic Holding CEO Jamie Welch exuded enthusiasm for the investment case. In his distinctive Australian accent, he referred to 2024 as a barn burner year, anticipating a sharp drop in capital expenditure and a surge in free cash flow. He was highly optimistic about creating substantial shareholder value to be realized when they find the right buyer for the company. Additional insight on M&A. During the conference, Enterprise Products co-CEO and CFO Randy Fowler shared astute comments on M&A in the midstream sector. He believes that strategic buyers will dominate the landscape. However, Fowler emphasized the need for strategic buyers to exercise caution when considering private equity acquisitions, citing concerns about quality and downstream commitments. When you buy an asset, you really want the flexibility to control the molecule. For a purchase to be viable for them, it must meet two key criteria. It must possess industrial merits and be accretive to cash flow per unit when adjusted for leverage.